So I literally started with a $60 bag off of Amazon. It's called the Dick-A-Pack or Dick-A-Pack, I believe. D-I-C-C. Probably still buy them. You can probably still buy them. Yeah, they're, they're not the most reliable. <laughs> Be careful with this. Um, but that's what I started with. And and honestly, I was, I was, I've always been a little bit of a gambler. So, you know, even we with used, episode two, when we were telling you we used yeah, our credit cards, it, it was a gamble to grow our business. Well, it was a gamble to put my camera in or this. one camera that we had. The only one that we had. And I time. didn't have insurance at this time. And not recommended. Always have insurance. Always have insurance. Just always. I don't care if you are brand new or not. But insurance. you know your your mentality when you're first the, starting out yeah. is where can I cut corners? PPA. It's three hundred some dollars a year. Just get that at Just least at minimum. Please, yeah. Always have insurance. Um, so, not to digress, but... Just, I, that's just a lesson, life Just lesson. a random lesson that's super important. Um, but Underwater I, is completely different in insurance, by the way, too. Yes, so sure. and, and you should never, ever, ever attempt to do an underwater session without insurance. Never. Ever. That is never a good idea. Um, but anyway, so I put my camera in this bag, and what I found was I was my bag and my camera was making me float, and I couldn't get my client to sink either. It was just, it, I'm telling you, it was the most complicated session, and the images were not good. They were just terrible. I mean, of course, I was excited about them because it was something new. I mean, we had to find a pool. We didn't have a pool. So didn't we have a pool. Some- we were at a friend's home. I, I rented the pool from from a friend of ours, and had an um, odd liner going on. You so. know, it was a chlorinated pool. I didn't know anything about like the the, the kind of water to... I needed to be. I knew nothing about it because honestly, this was actually one of those fields that there was no, no information. Not. There's really on. still not a lot of knowledge on the underwater, underwater world. world. It's it's, it's completely um, what's the word un. Um, not untouched, but it's, it's kind of yeah. I was going to say untouched because even though there are a few underwater a few photographers, the the field itself is not really discussed. No, and it's because it's so complicated. There's not classes on it. You'll never you don't see online classes. You don't even see hardly in person classes. And so even like YouTube, they don't have any tutorials on the yeah, gear. There's nothing out there. So that was another thing that we started is just overall the the creation of education for underwater portraits and the safety that goes behind it but either way so once I started this I I was hooked because of the challenge and I spent every waking moment I could from there on out to figure out how to better my underwater sessions because I knew immediately it was something I wanted to do and the fact that I didn't get an ear infection Afterwards, I was like, oh my God, maybe I've grown out of this and maybe I can be underwater now. So I immediately was hooked. And it's not that I stopped trying to improve on my maternity uh, niche by itself, but it brought you something new, though. It was something different. It It brought me something that I could offer my clients. Absolutely. So not only was I starting to stand out with just my portraiture, my posing, my wardrobes, my location. All of that kind of was helping me stand out already, but now on top of that, I, w- I was able to photograph underwater, and I was so invested that I even made my own underwater lights. Like <laughs> it was so, um, I, I, like trying to explain it through a podcast is kind of difficult. But we went to Home Depot. I got PVC pipe. I had like clear acrylic, and I would stick these LED flashlights underwater. I did everything. Yeah, glue yeah trying to make sure everything was waterproof i did everything to learn and teach we didn't tell them that pack to 
you say you were floating, to make it sink, we would tie a dumbbell around it. Yes. So <laughs> I, I literally even jimmy rigged how to make myself sink and this is how bold I was I had a very close friend of mine who trusted me and I trusted her I said will you model for me let's go to Florida let's photograph um in the ocean I want to just get you know I want to start photographing more underwater and she was so awesome she um was kind of my little guinea pig I went into the ocean and I realized just because the ocean looks pretty does not necessarily mean it's really that clear. Yeah. So I, I learned on that end. And then I took her to a pool. Eventually, I started learning that salt water is better to photograph in for so many reasons. Salt water pools. Salt, well, any salt water, really. Yeah. So what I ended up doing after this one time in Florida, trying the ocean and it turned out terrible... A few months later, I was like, let's go to a spring in Florida. And that was actually probably a little bit more on the dangerous side. We stayed in the shallow end, but it had like an 80-foot pit. And had I let go of my camera, it would have gone straight, straight to the bottom. So it was it was a risk, but it was a risk I was willing to take to try to learn and understand this field even better. And not only did it have some risk as far as the depth, but there was also a current, which I didn't know was a thing with springs. And again, every single opportunity I had to get in the water, I was there because I needed to learn as much as I could about this field. And even today, I mean, and like I was saying just a moment ago, it's not that I ever stopped wanting to improve my craft in the maternity field because you never stop learning. I will, every single session that I go on, I'm looking for for new things. I'm looking to... Yeah, I'm looking for a new viewpoint, a new angle, a new lighting setup. The beautiful thing about creatives is you will never be a quote-unquote expert on anything because there is always something new to learn. For me, that's so exciting. So when I kind of uncovered the underwater field, that just made my business blow up even more. And then I've seen anything like it. it was a it was a page stopper. It, it really was. And then that about that time was when um, companies started to notice me. And that's where I started to um, get asked to speak for conferences. Which is interesting because most people at this time in their career have don't speak. They right. take ten years 15, 15 years. Yeah. It's very it's uncommon. Very, very unheard of for anyone who's only been in, in shooting industry for four years. Right. Three, and it, four years. it was three years. Yeah. So I, um, and you know, I had so many reservations about speaking because I just felt like I didn't have enough knowledge. And one of my amazing photographer friends who was speaking at conferences told me, she says, Karen, um, you're so good with people and it's, it's, you don't have to know everything. You need to know more than what your students know. And, you know, I still did not take that lightly because if somebody was going to pay to come to one of my classes or one of my workshops, I wanted to actually let them leave with way more knowledge than they did showing up. So I didn't take it lightly. I actually went to some classes. I paid to go to a couple of conferences just to see see what what other speakers were talking about. And after I attended a few, I realized that speakers and teachers in the photography industry kind of do more blanketed teaching. And my issue with that was... A lot of times it was also, it was to sell something else. Something of theirs to, you know, send them to, you know, another workshop that they were teaching. Or you can get to this next level if you you sign sign up up for for this. this. And, And I hated that because I was like, you know, you've already invested money. You should at least leave... 
knowing more than you did when you came in. There should be something new that you get. So the very first conference that I ever spoke at was Shutterfest. And to this day, it holds a special place in my heart. And uh, I wasn't no—I I had no idea if I was going to be a good speaker or teacher. I, I had no way of knowing if it was going to be for me or not. I remember being so nervous. I like wanted to throw up, and I was in front of you know a crowd of fifty or sixty people. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got up to speak, I thought I was just going to pass out. I opened my mouth, and the entire class just flew by. And it was amazing. And it's it blows my mind because I, I don't really care for a whole lot of attention. I don't like a lot of eyes on me. But what drove me so much was the fact that I was helping other artists get to a next to the next point in their career. And the fact that I was able to help somebody... It reminds me of that first person that asked her, she said, is this just going to be an advertisement? Yes. I had, I had somebody in my <laughs> class who was like, is this just going to be an advertisement to sell more stuff? And I said, you know what? That's a beautiful question. Um, I am going to tell you about the things that I use in my business that cost money, but I'm not going to sell you anything uh, because I believe in actually educating and, and helping other artists. That's 100% where my motivation comes from. And so... It was a class on like workflow on yeah having a workflow in business and uh ever since that first conference i have came to you after class what she 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 sure did she came to me right after the class was over and she's like i just want to apologize because i came in here with a little bit of a bad attitude because i had just come from another class where all they did was sell more of their stuff to make more money and i just was a little burned she says you have given more information than all of the other classes that i have attended so far And that made my heart feel so good because I really do want to help the photography industry as a whole. My way of thinking is, is the more education we have as artists, the better off the entire industry is as a whole. Because let's face it, most people don't really value artists or what they contribute to society or what they contribute at all. So, and and part of that is because photographers, and I'm kind of grouping photographers in in this one uh, group, if you will, because they're the most known for devaluing themselves. So, you know, mini sessions for $40 and you get 10 images or, you know, a shoot and burn, you know, I'll, I'll give you all of the images for $300 or whatever the case may be. We kind of shoot ourselves in the, in the feet, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak. So I feel so passionately about helping other creatives know how to run a functioning business or building their own empire because the better off we all will be when we take our businesses seriously and want to actually make a decent income for ourselves and our families. Um, so I, I've been hooked with speaking ever since then and teaching. So we try um, to make sure every class is not is not to sell you on something. Absolutely. absolutely. It's actually to teach you what you paid to learn. Right. For but that class. And just to kind of go back to what the title of this episode is with building our empire. There's so many facets and places that we had to put genuine effort forth. Days, nights. 
years, months, just never ending. And even to this day, Andrew and I, we put in crazy hours because we are still growing hand over fist. But we, as you always say, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. No, you can't. Not with marketing, not with how you run your business. You just, you have to, if you want to take yourself seriously and make a really decent living or a really good living even from your craft, you've got to run like a functioning business. And, you know, with that comes so many different things like having a workflow, which of course we're definitely going to have an episode on. Um, but, but they talk about ads, they say for a person to even look at it, ad, it takes five to seven times before absolutely. people pay attention to it. So. But the key in building your empire is that you have to know these things. Mm-hmm. So whether that's you getting a mentor or whether that's you attending a conference, however you need to learn, however you are capable of learning, if you need to watch tutorials on YouTube, you've got to look Don't at yourself stop. and never stop trying to perfect your company never ever ever stop there's always something you can improve on always and that's coming from andrew and i both where you know you would think after so many years we've got you know everything in a perfect workflow and we don't i mean we have an amazing workflow but every now and again we'll find like a little weak link in the chain and i'm like okay this has to be adjusted and corrected we always try to look quarterly we try to take time to see where we can again improve how we yes. can make it better yes how pricing can be better how the experience can be better what we what need we to make per to client to hit our goals i mean every single facet of our business nothing ways happens we can market to people what else can we try what Absolutely. can we do and nothing happens by accident so I think, mm-hmm. I think um, you know, and we talked a little bit about social media. We're definitely going to dive into it deeper on, uh, you know, just one episode. But people but, say, oh, you're just lucky. Yeah, they, com- they, compare, they compare their business to someone that they see who is successful and they just say, oh, well, they lucked out. They, oh, they got in when Instagram was brand new, so they blew up because of that. It, but nothing happens by accident. So when people see our success, and we've had comments like that. There's a reason for everything. There is. There really is. And we've unfortunately had those comments where people are like, well, it just must be so nice. And I'm like, well, I mean, it is nice that we make a good living and we have a good income, but it didn't happen by accident. I wasn't, and as I mentioned before, I was not born with that mindset of just understanding numbers and understanding pricing and knowing what I need to make per hour and how to make sure that, you know, if I'm providing wardrobes for my sessions, how do I make sure that those wardrobes are covered in the session? I mean, none of that was just something that came to me naturally because I am not, uh, I'm definitely not a math person, but as a creative, my mind is not aligned on the business side. However, when you realize that the business side is what's going to make you financially successful, or not, it suddenly becomes very important and you make it a priority it's even to better be, be business a better minded. business person than it is to be a better photographer. Absolutely. I can tell you right now, I would much rather be better at business than be the most amazing photographer out there because it doesn't matter how amazing your images are if you can't make money from it or if or nobody's seeing you. Yep. So I would 10 times out of 10 <laughs> rather be a better business person than top-notch photographer. Now, that's not saying I don't make my craft very important and try to learn and improve. However, business is always going to be where my mind is at. And I didn't start that way. Nothing 
in my business happened by accident or because I fell ass backwards into something. It was because we worked our butts off and we spent the funds to learn and educate ourselves on how to run a functioning business. We like to say uh, DIA. We've done it all. We have done it all. We've tried everything. We have. We have. And uh, another subject that we're going to talk about on this podcast is, you know, education itself. You know, do you mentor? Do you not mentor? Where do you spend your funds? Having a budget overall and where that budget, how do you invest it back into your business? And if you see something not working, again, what should you do? Right. You need to be able to have that business mindset to change Change. what's not working. If you got a mentor and they taught you something, but hey, this isn't working. Yeah. Maybe it... Not for you. Right. And you're going to have to change. Maybe you need to change it. Absolutely. Because we honestly had to figure everything out for ourselves. We would take something. Take classes. But it wasn't necessarily. It didn't necessarily work. But we would take what we could find that would work. We listened to what our clients said. We paid attention. And we see what was bringing in the money. Yeah. And that's how we made changes. That's how we adjusted. We figured it out. Well, and that's the other thing I think, and this isn't necessarily just geared to creatives, but a lot of people want to put the blame on something else rather than themselves. Oh, I'm in an area I'm that in a doesn't, terrible location. It doesn't have a lot of money here, no, or I just get bad clients, or you know, I people don't There's appreciate too much competition. The, the competition, the the field is saturated. These are all things that we've heard over and over again. Uh, but us ourselves living in Conyers, that is not a high income area. But my clients don't come from here. So I had to realize that... Where our clients were going to come from. Exactly. How we're going to reach them. How do I market to these hiring clientele who truly value portraiture? How do I get to them? So if I had that mentality of I live in a lower income area, I would never be able to make what I've made. Because when you're putting blame on somebody else, which is an easier route, but you're really only hurting yourself... If you are not making sales, you need to look inward. If you are not reaching the clients that you want to reach, you need to look inward. If you are not making an average sale of, let's just say you have a goal of having a $1,000 sale per client and you are not hitting that, it's on you. It's not your clients. It's on you. It's not your area. It's It's not your area. It's it's you. It's your marketing. It's what you're offering. It's It's always in-house. So the minute that we can just stop putting blame or excuses everywhere else and really look at ourselves and where we can improve and how we can change our business, suddenly the world's just going to be a much better place. Um, Because if you're putting blame on everything else, that's just going to, it's, you're going to be miserable because you'll always find something to put blame on. And, you know, again, I know that this might be a little controversial, but we tell the truth and, and I would much rather you hear the truth and say, you know what? She's right. I know that I need to look inward and make those changes, face it, make those changes and actually start to pull income in versus me saying, you know what? It probably is your area. And then you never reach any level of success because you're always putting blame elsewhere. So building your empire, you have to take responsibility. You have to look inward and figure out where's the problem. Yes. That goes with pricing. We've probably changed pricing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can't even say. We've done, and we've we've, done models, every pricing model. model. We've offered products, uh, all every sorts product of products. 
Yes. And now I mean, my company is known for being that company that goes into your home and decorates an entire wall or nursery specifically from your session. So wall art is 100% what my company is known for. But that's not where I started. But again, I had to look inward and I had to listen to what my clients were wanting. And, and truthfully, as photographers... was through the high-end experience, too. Yeah, which we'll go into on another episode because the, the high-end experience is something that we just... It's a very controversial subject, but it's something I believe strongly in that, that we educate ourselves on what an actual high-end experience is. Um, but now my company, like I said, is known for wall art portraits. Like that's what people come to me for. So when we get those questions of, well, my clients only want digital files. My question to that person is, well, how are you explaining your business? How are Um, you promoting your business? Is that what you're going after? Is that what you're telling the clients that's what they should get? Right. Because uh, people as, you know, if they're, well, let me back up as a consumer, they are looking to the photographer for guidance. They may they think be. they want digital files because the rest of the world says digital files. But in all actuality, it's our job to educate them on what we as creatives and artists are here to do. Because again, you're not just only a photographer. You're a, you're a designer. Yeah, we're artists. You're putting things together. We're you're literally building sessions for our clients based off of who they are. Which, again, is another area that photographers and creatives or artists tend to fall short. They lose control over their sessions because they're letting their clients decide what they should and should not do. Which... And that's not, I mean, if you were to put flooring in your home, are you going to tell the installer how to lay the flooring? No, because we don't know how to do that. And that goes back to the high end experience. You don't hire an interior decorator and... Tell them how to do their job. So you'll so, hire a photographer and say, I need you to do this and I want to do this. Or I don't want this location because X, Y, Z. Or I don't want to try this gown. Or I don't want to do that posing because it makes me feel weird. You need to be able to have control over your session so that that way you can really create what's in your head. And you're not at the mercy of your client running the show. And it gives the clients there because they really honestly have no idea. What they want. They really don't. All they can base it off of is what they've seen and what they've heard. And that's not what we want them to do. No, and that's not what they're coming to me for. They're coming to me for a luxury custom experience. So what that means is is that they literally do not have to lift a finger if they do not want to. They come to me. I tell them exactly how to pose, how to look. What to wear. What to wear. Um, And I know that that might be a bit controversial too. But again, I'm, I'm an artist. How can I create what I want if my client is not giving me the freedom to do so? And I know that that's probably going to present some questions. Well, Karen, how do you... How do you get to that point where your clients are trusting in you to build this session from scratch? Well, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of planning, a lot of communication. But from... The very first phone call that I have with my client, I let them know that I am a custom full service studio. And that you're an expert in this field. I am a specialist in this field. This is what you do. I am going to direct you on posing. We are going to come up with a color scheme. We are going to coordinate with wardrobes if your significant other is in the portraits with you. I mean, we go over every single detail. There is nothing left to the imagination. 
Um, but again, that's going to go deeper into like the workflow process and the experience that we create for our clients because it just, it's so important in building your empire. It just really is. You cannot have an empire without having a steady workflow and being able to offer your clients something different. So at that point, that allowed you to be not someone who's shooting 100 people a year. You shoot, you know, 30 35. Pe- people a year, but they're spending, you know, $8,000. Correct. $10,000. Correct. So that gave you the freedom to shoot way less, but actually put more into a session and then make more money. Exactly. So what is the saying? Work smarter, not harder. That's I, I like to use that a lot because what I find is so many photographers are just burned out. And, and people are, they are like 100 thinking of just shooting 100 people a year just oh my gosh blows my it mind. blows but our yeah, mind I, i'm like i couldn't do it because <laughs> and I mean. we sound kind of like babies when we say that because we and don't get us wrong we have photographed that many clients before in a year it's just not but it's exhausting do. and i understand i mean it takes a toll on your mental health it takes a toll on your physical, physical health. health it's hard if you have kids if you have a relationship that you're in it takes a toll on all of that because you are having to work so much and you can't give that experience to each client if that's how many you're shooting you're gonna that's where you're gonna lose something exactly so like you're you can't have it all you can't photograph 150 clients a year and make every single session unique to that client because you don't have the time to invest in that client Mm -hmm. i would much rather have quality over quantity and that's what i want everybody to have I want you to have those clients that you can actually take the time to build. I don't, you know, I don't want you having to book somebody that's a week out and having to, there's no way to plan a session that's unique to them that close. So, you know, in the beginning I was, I, I obviously had more availability, so I would book people, you know, two or three weeks out. I had the time at that point in time because I wasn't booking as many clients where I could still invest in, and make sure that their session was unique to them. But then once I started booking more and more people, stuff started falling through the cracks. And like if somebody had a food allergy, I always give a little care package at the end of my session. Sometimes I would completely forget that they had an allergy because I didn't have the time to focus on my client because I was photographing so many people. So when it comes to building your empire, the goal is not necessarily to not work hard because we, I am a firm believer in working hard. But I want to make more per client because I want them to value what I do. But for my clients to value what I do, I need to be able to offer something to them that gives them something to value. So all of these things go hand in hand when it comes to building your empire. It's so important that you take into consideration every facet of your business to make you, again, not be a commodity, but be someone who is sought after. Which that's going to lead me to Andrew and what he does so, because yeah. it's so funny. He for I the was longest time a photographer. I yeah, didn't have that. In he me. he didn't think he was a creative, and the more that he was around the industry, he and the more because I've been around with Karen ever since the beginning. I've been you know to uh, he's been always, my biggest supporter to from most day of one. Sessions, been to different conferences. Absolutely. And and he started to see another side of things that I didn't necessarily resonate with, but with him, it 100% did. And I said, honey, this is this is what you're supposed to do. So tell me, tell me about your empire, babe. Well, what I like to do is I like to help people find that best version of themselves. I saw when I was working with Karen, 
I was able to help her grow. And that's what I wanted to do for not just the other photographers, but other businesses. Help take different portraits, help bring out that best version of themselves to represent themselves to the world. So that's how it became more of a personal branding and working for different uh, corporations to bring out the headshots and different images behind the scenes of them working to show off what they have to offer. Right. And and something and I think because of us building our business from scratch and particularly mine from the very beginning, he kind of grew with me with the high end experience and the more that we became familiar with offering a high-end experience, he, w- he started to realize that these companies, they were trying to offer a high-end experience, but the portraits of themselves and their business did not appear high-end at all. Wouldn't match their, you know... It didn't match their brand. They wanted to betray. Right. So he just, like, opened this entire new world for himself in realizing that he wanted to help companies and business owners in general and the photography community to represent who they are in the best way possible. And I was so proud when he kind of unlocked this because, you know, like I said, if you made it through episode two, (laughs) our long story, he didn't know what he wanted to do for so long. And I think as a guy, there's so much pressure to always have your life together and there's that mindset of you need to be the provider and you need to have your ducks in a row all the time. But how do you do that if you've never had an opportunity? can't learn who you are or what you want to do. Yeah. So it was really beautiful because while I was building my business, he was the financial support. So when he came to me with this idea of him photographing different brands and becoming like a headshot branding photographer, I was kind of... I was blown away. I was a little shocked because I just had no idea that that was something that interested him. But I was also so extremely proud that he was able to get in touch with what made him happy and something that he really wanted to do. So I was able to return the favor and and help him build his business because I was able to bring in, you know, mm. take care of the, the home and financial. So I was able to quit the job that I had. With his dad, yeah, and just tell me about that when you when you quit. How how did that feel? It was it was great. Um, I think the, I quit basically on vacation. <laughs> I went on vacation and never came back. <laughs> where, where were we? Where we were we in Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. Yeah. That's right. I think it just uh, decided it wasn't it wasn't for me anymore. It was time. It was time to put it into what I wanted to do. So. Yeah. And, and what was so beautiful about that was we had talked about it for so long because he was never, as, as he mentioned in the previous episode, he was never a fan of that job. He just got into it because we got pregnant very young and he was, you know, providing for us, but he never had an opportunity to get in touch with what he wanted to do. It wasn't so. a, it's not a bad job. It was just not anything that... I don't think you were passionate would, about it all. I don't think anybody would be passionate about. <laughs> I don't know, maybe there is someone passionate about. Maybe people who love cars. Redying seats, fixing <laughs> seats. I, I, if you're out there, maybe you do. Um, it, it wasn't for you though. No, it was. Um, it kind of hurt your body a lot. You're bent over. You're on parking lots. You worked either off full sun or really cold. cold. You had no choice there, so. It just wasn't. And I think it didn't help that it was family, too. You know, there's they always tell you not to mix 
family and business business and family together and th- there is a lot of truth that goes into that because it, it's just too much involvement almost because they know everything that you're doing they write your paychecks and they know you know what you're making what you can afford what you can't, can't afford, afford and it's just it's it's too close so he wanted to quit for a very long time but honestly i'm telling you that hook of having a regular paycheck will sink into you and it's really hard to to have faith in the fact that you are capable of pulling in income being a creative so andrew did struggle with that for a while but yeah we went on vacation and and i'm not sure what it was about that vacation but i just i told him i was like it you know if you want to go just go and so I was able to financially support our household while he was building his empire. And now granted, his empire was built a little bit quicker than mine was because we had already done it with one business. Now We already had a structure in place. We already understood how things Right. Now his so. marketing uh, overall blueprint was very different from mine because it's a totally different dem- field. Demographic and different reach and yeah. everything was different. So that part obviously was different. But For example, because I we, use more of something like LinkedIn. Absolutely. Than, absolutely. Know. Then, you know, like Facebook or Instagram. You're there too. too. It's um, just, there's different things that you're going to invest your time in. in. Yeah. yeah. But that we'll, we'll definitely dive into for the marketing. But to sum this episode up, when it comes to building your empire, a lot of that responsibility is going to fall on you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. That's why we, that's why Andrew created Artists of the Roundtable, because we want to help other creatives have a pathway. If you want to have that empire, you got to find what you're passionate about first. Yep. Then you become the best at that. Yep. And then you find a way, the world, to see that you're the best, that you're the expert, and then the money will come. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is all a game of, of marketing and, again, having a product or having a service that stands out. Um, so that definitely plays a giant role. But none but of this is can't. luck. Remember, this is not luck. None of it is luck. None of it is luck. If, if anyone... Uh, you know, and like I said, Andrew and I have had multiple comments where, you know, we'll take these vacations and, you know, we'll take a pl- private plane somewhere or I'll go and buy myself a Cartier bracelet. And, you know, we get those comments where, oh, man, it must be nice. And <laughs> again, it's kind of a snide comment because they don't they have no idea how many hours we put into this. They have no idea how uh, emotionally and mentally and, and physically we have poured into our businesses to build them to what they are. If you want to have the rewards that you see or that you're comparing your life to, which I just want to say, be very, be very careful and cautious <laughs> about, about comparing because nobody's journey is exactly the same. Everybody's going to have ups and downs, but you're only going to see the positive sides of people's empires, right? You're only going to see the success stories. You're never going to see the struggles. So don't ever be fooled. Work to get there behind the behind the scenes. Right, right. I mean, even Andrew and I, we work so well together as a team, but there are days that me and him are just like so nitpicky with each other because... We have such a crazy workload and crazy work hours, and we're still trying to juggle and balance parenthood and just our relationship with each other. Because we're so passionate about our, our jobs and our careers, 
sometimes that's hard to shut off and just be a couple. So that, you know, that aspect of it, people don't see that side of it. They just see all of the wins. So we want to make sure that it's very clear. You are going to have struggles anytime you own a business. You are. You will lose way more before you start winning. Absolutely. Don't ever lose sight of that. So if you're going through a rough patch right now, don't lose hope. Everybody goes through rough patches, but you do need to have the mindset on how to fix it. And normally, it's fixing it with yourself. It's not the people around you. It's not the clients. It's not the area. It's you. So as soon as you can kind of jump over that hurdle, you will be on to bigger and better things. Learn from your mistake. You see a mistake? Correct it. Fix it. You see something that's not working? Correct it. You just got to be able to move and make sure you stay ahead with the future and you fix what's wrong you don't keep doing the same thing over and, and you don't over. want to be stagnant yeah, yeah. the, the minute that you're no the minute that you're stagnant your business is is starting to fail so don't ever be comfortable always look for ways to improve and you think that, about just covid absolutely it, as soon as covid hit people actually stopped marketing that was the first thing they did because it cost they were a scared. lot of money to market and they what were did scared. we do we put more money into marketing and, and what we, happened in co- during we COVID. hit a new tax bracket we made more money than we had made before so. yeah absolutely and uh that's just, just uh, that's how you have to approach running your own business you have to have accountability for yourself and for mm-hmm. your company So that is how we started to build our empire and how we are building our empire. We have an amazing empire now, but there's always room for growth. And we have to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us for episode three. And we will see you guys next time for episode four. All right, y'all. See you later. Bye. Bye bye. To be continued in part two.